chapter 5, James chapter 5 tonight. Uh, we have been in James a little bit. It's just kind of where the Holy Spirit has planted me of late. Uh, tonight we're going to look at one verse kind of as our text and we're going to develop the context around it. James 5 and verse number 16. And we're going to be looking at this thought, the people that God hears. The people that God hears. You might title it the man that God will hear or the woman that God will hear. I want to be a man that God hears. Amen? And so we're going to look at what that looks like tonight. James 5 and verse number 16. Once you found it, would you stand out of respect for the reading of God's word? Uh, for those of you who may not have the scriptures with you, it'll be on the screen. Let's read this verse in unison together. The Bible says, Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And for tonight's purposes, we're really going to be keying in on that last sentence of the verse. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Father, we thank you for the time that we have had in prayer and in song tonight. And Lord, as we come before your word, Lord, I ask that you would give us attentive hearts tonight. Lord, there's a lot of distractions in our world, and there's a lot of, Father, a weariness that, that we take on from, from, from the race that we run. But God, tonight I pray that you wouldn't let the weariness or you wouldn't let the distractions set into our hearts and lives. But, Lord, I do ask that you would give us an unusual attentiveness to what you would have for us tonight from your word, that we might be a people who will both hear and heed all that you have for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to give an understatement this evening as we start. Prayer is important. Prayer is important. Church, our spiritual life will never grow beyond our prayer life. The church will not thrive without prayer. I think, honestly, we can go so far as to say the church will not survive without prayer. And prayer is simply talking with God. And you know, the Bible is clear that we should talk to God about everything. You look a couple verses earlier in James chapter 5, beginning in verse number 13. The Bible says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. And so when we're afflicted, what do we do? We talk to God. When we're merry, what are we doing? We are praising God. Is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him. You see, the context is very clear that you and I should talk to God about everything. Because we need God to do anything. Jesus went so far in John chapter 15 as to tell us, without me, he can do nothing. Church prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Our verse tonight, verse 16, says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That idea of availeth much, it has the idea that it accomplishes. It accomplishes much. What does it accomplish? Well, first it accomplishes something in my heart because it will help to align my heart with God. But it also helps to accomplish some things in my happenings because when I pray, I find that very often God moves and works to align things for me. And so when I pray, it helps to line things up on both ends of the spectrum. 
Now, I want to give a few notes for tonight as we get started. First of all, I understand that prayer is an area in which we all can and need to continue to grow and improve in. So a lot of times when we talk about prayer, what do we get? We develop this, this low-key sense of guilt. Like, oh, well, I know I don't do that good, and I know I don't do that enough, and oh, well, oh, well, I just feel guilty about it. God doesn't want you to feel guilty about prayer. God wants you to do it. And so tonight, remember, guilt, guilt, guilt comes from the devil. Guilt pushes us away from God. Conviction is from God, and it drives us to God. And so when the devil sends low-key guilt tonight as we start talking about prayer, you tell the devil to get out of here. Because we're going to listen to what God has to say. Church, I'll admit, I think one of the great weaknesses of my Christian life is my prayer life. I want so much for my prayer life to be more. And church, this is a point of emphasis in my life. It needs to be a point of emphasis in our church. So we recognize tonight that prayer is an area in which we all can and need to continue to grow. We also need to understand tonight as we start that as we talk about the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man that it avails much, that it accomplishes much. We need to understand that the power that accomplishes anything is of God. It's not of the procedure. It's not some formula that we do that that gets the job done. No, it is God who gets the job done. Nor is it the person who gets the job done. God's not listening more to you because you've been saved for 60 years than he is listening to the man who's been saved for six months. It's not the procedure. It's not the person. The power is of God. And so in our text, it mentions oil. That the elders might anoint the one that's sick. The power is not in the oil. The power is in God. It mentions the elders of the church. It's not the elders of the church. It's God. With that in mind, I want to look tonight very practically at what it looks like to be a person, a man, a woman that God will hear. The Bible says, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We're going to key in, first of all, on that concept of a righteous Man, Now, I will warn you, it is not the traditional three points tonight. So, hang in there. Amen? Amen. Key in first on that idea of a righteous man. What is the man that God will hear? The woman that God will hear? What does it look like? What is the people that God will hear? Well, number one, it is a forgiven people. Who are the people God will hear? Forgiven people. You see, it is the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. And a righteous man is a... Saved man. Let me give you a couple of thoughts here. Salvation births you into the family of God. Salvation brings you into personal relationship with God. John 1 in verse number 12 very clearly teaches, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. It is salvation and the new birth that gives you a relationship with God. But it is the relationship with God that makes prayer relevant in our lives. Matthew 7 and verse number 11, Jesus draws out this analogy, If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven Give good things to them that ask him. That's a wonderful verse, amen? But you need to understand that if you're not saved, God is not your father. He is your creator. And he has offered you redemption. 
And one day he will be your judge. But if you are not saved, he is not your father. And he has no obligation. There is no obligation or expectation for God to hear and answer the prayer of a lost man. None. Give you an analogy. From time to time, my kids come down into my room at night. They have needs. Hallelujah, they know what side of the bed their mother's on. That works well for me. But very often, my kids come down in the middle of the night and they have needs. What happens when those kids come down at 3 a.m. and they say, Mama, Daddy, what happens? They get heard because they're my kids. And there is an obligation that we have as parents. So that's what happens if my kids come into my room at 3 a.m. What do you think happens to Dan Utley if he comes in my room at 3 a.m.? He gets hurt. Quite possibly comes down with a bad case of lead poisoning. Why? Because I am under no obligation, there is no expectation for me to hear that. There is no obligation or expectation for God to hear and answer the prayer of the lost man. So if you want to be a man or woman that God hears, if we want to be a people that God hears, we better make sure we are a forgiven people. I'm going to tell you, church, that relationship gives us confidence. I'm a, my kids act differently in my office than you do. They have a boldness that most of the rest of you lack. Why? Because it is their Father's office. I'm going to tell you, the child of God comes differently before the throne of God. We can come boldly to find the grace and mercy that we need in time of need. The relationship gives confidence. And it reminds us of the reality that God has already given us his son. You ever stopped and thought about that? God has already given us his son. What bigger thing could we ask for or have need of? Paul put it in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You think about the salvation and forgiveness that God has provided through Christ Jesus. Here's the thing. The struggle that you now face isn't bigger than your sin. And if God gave you everything you needed for forgiveness of sin, what makes us think that he won't give us everything we need and the struggle we now face? Boy, that relationship gives confidence. So I've got to ask tonight, are you saved? Are you saved? Are you a child of God? Salvation comes only but by one way. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. we, we got to stop and park here. Are you saved? And I park here even on a Wednesday night. Why? Because Jesus said in Matthew 7 that many will say to him in that day, Lord, Lord, haven't we? We went to church. We gave him the offering. We sang. We prayed. We did all of these different things. And Jesus will look at many in that day and say, depart from me. You workers of iniquity, I never knew you. 
There's a lot of people who think because they were brought up in church or because they did this or that or the other thing that everything's okay. Let me ask you tonight, are you saved? Are you forgiven? Not by your works, not by your good intentions, not by your religion, not by church membership, not because of what your mama did or your daddy did or who your grandma was or your grandpa was. It's not a hope so, think so, maybe so, might so. Let me ask you, are you a righteous man or woman tonight? Are you righteous before God because of the blood of Christ rests upon you? Are you saved? It saddens me to think many who sit in pews will go home and they will lay in bed at night and they will wonder and they will hope so and they'll be pretty sure. I'm going to tell you that's not the kind of salvation this Bible describes. I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'm parking too long here because I have way too many points. But my honest and sincere prayer for you as a pastor is that if there is a doubt in your heart and mind, if you're not sure where you stand with God, I'm going to tell you, if you have doubts tonight about where you stand with God, my sincere prayer before God is that you would go home tonight and be tormented with conviction of the Holy Spirit until you get it settled. Because heaven or hell is way too big an issue for you to hope so. And I pray God takes your sleep and I pray God takes your rest and I pray God draws you. And I pray you receive his grace. God will hear forgiven people. Are you saved? The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But as I continue to look at that word righteous there, there's another aspect to it. Not just that God will hear a forgiven people, but it reminds us of the reality that God will hear a faithful people. A faithful people. So if you are positionally righteous before God, I have to ask the next question, are you relationally right with God? Because you see, being right with God means that I am being faithful to God and His Word. Sin hinders my relationship with God. By the way, sin hinders all relationships. You think about sin in the midst of a parent-child relationship. It doesn't sever the relationship, but it hinders the relationship. You think about the relationship between spouses. It hinders the relationship. Sin hinders all relationships. Church, especially so my relationship with God. Sin hinders hinders prayer. The Bible goes so far as to say in Psalm 66 and verse number 18 that if I regard iniquity in my heart, would you read that next part with me? The Lord will not hear me. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 and verse number 2, but your iniquities, that's your sins, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, say it with me, that he will not hear. Sin hinders prayer. So what kind of a man, what kind of a woman is a man or a woman that God will hear? God hears a faithful people. I'm going to tell you, prayer that changes things is often accompanied by people who are burdened or broken about their sin. 
For sake of time, I'm only going to mention a couple tonight. You look at Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And Nehemiah, as he got word about what was going on there in the homeland, as he was serving the, the king there, God began to burden his heart for the, for the state of his homeland. And as Nehemiah began to pour his heart out to God and ask God to do something, to do something, to do something, Nehemiah became burdened about the sin of the people. In Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse number 6 and 7, we see this. Let, now thy, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes be open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee day and night for the children of thy servants and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. You see, when, when, when Nehemiah got serious about prayer and got serious about prayer that would change something, Nehemiah got serious about sin. And I'm going to tell you, there's no grand indication that Nehemiah was involved in some gross immorality. I don't think they would have pointed at Nehemiah on the street and says, there goes the drug addict, there goes the drunkard, there goes the abuser, there goes the pornographer. They wouldn't have said that with Nehemiah. But the reality is, all of our hearts are unclean. We can't escape the flesh in this life. And we see there's this seriousness about sin that began to grip Nehemiah. I'll give you another one, Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet, also not a man who would be known openly to be in gross immorality, but when Isaiah got a vision of God and got a burden to do something for God, he said, woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. He was a preacher. I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. For sake of time, we won't go there, but I think of Job, and, and, and Job, Job is that righteous man. He, he didn't sin or, or charge God foolishly, and yet you get, to the book of the end, you get to the end of the book of Job, and what do we find Job has to do when he gets serious about prayer that's going to change things? We find that Job repents before God. But faithful people. You look all over the context of James 5, all surrounding the, 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 the statement, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, we find the issue of sin. You look, beginning at verse number 14 of James chapter 5, as any sick among you, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another. And so here's the thing, if we're going to get serious about prayer, be serious about being a people that God will hear, we got to get serious about our sin. You go back to the beginning of the chapter. You look all throughout the beginning of James chapter 5. We'll key in on verse number 3 um, of James chapter uh, James chapter 4. Sorry, uh, James chapter 4 in verse number 3. Where there James writes, Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lust. In other words, we, can, we, we entertain a carnal heart. We entertain lustful thoughts. If we're not going to get serious about our sin, God says don't be serious about expecting an answer. 
we want to be a people that God will hear, we've got to be a faithful people. A people faithful to our God. A people faithful to his word. Does that mean we need to be a perfect people? No, we're not going to be a perfect people, are we? But we do need to be serious about perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 7 and verse number 1. I want to be a man that God will hear. I want us to be a people that God will hear. So I have to ask tonight. What is it between you and God? What is it that you haven't gotten right? Can I go one step further with this? I know I have too many points and I'm taking too long, all right? I know, I know, I know. Not just what is it between you and God. Let me ask you this. What is it between you and another? Can I point you back to the words of Jesus? In Matthew chapter number 5 beginning in verse 24. Jesus talks about if we come. In verse 23. Can you go ahead and uh, pull up verse 23 for me? Jesus says in Matthew 5 and verse 23. I got time. We'll go back. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar. So you've come to church. You've come to worship. You have come to, to give glory to God. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, you come to church to worship God, and you recognize that something's not right between you and somebody else. What did Jesus say? As soon as you finish, go make it right. No, Jesus said, leave your gift. Go thy way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer thy gift. Preacher, are you saying there's stuff between members of this church? Yes. Yes. Because there's stuff between members of every church. But if we're going to be a people that God will hear, we have got to get serious about being a people who are right. Right with God. Right with one another. Because God will hear a faithful people. What is a person that God will hear? Number one, church, it is a forgiven people. Number two, it is a faithful people. The Bible says in uh, James 5 and verse number 16 that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Roman numeral 3 tonight, it is a fervent people. A fervent people. The word effectual fervent, two words in English, one word in the Greek, it comes from the Greek word energeo or energeo, where we get our word energy from. Energy. This word means literally to expend effort or energy, to strive, to work for, to put forth power. So the Bible says that prayer that changes things is fervent prayer. Prayer that changes things is work. You know, one of the ways that it's work is the Bible says that we're to be persistent in prayer, to pray without ceasing. 
Jesus said in Matthew 7, in verse number 7, that we're to ask, we're to seek, we're to knock. The thrust of those verbs is that mean we are to ask and ask and ask and ask and seek and seek and seek and seek and knock and knock and knock and knock. And we're to keep on and we're to keep on and we're to keep on. Prayer that changes things is work. Now, I am not talking about getting worked up. That's fake. That's show. That's empty. And if we pray just to get worked up, guess what that prayer does? It does nothing. Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse number 5 about the scribes and the Pharisees, they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may see and be seen of men. Jesus said, verily I say unto you, they have their reward paid in full, nothing else coming. So when we talk about fervent prayer, we're not talking about getting worked up. We're not talking about putting on a show. Fervent prayer is what comes naturally as an expression of a burden. You think about this. If I were doing work. Now, if I were simply walking, there's not a whole lot of fervency in that. If I were to walk carrying a box, maybe a little bit more fervency in that, right? If I were to walk carrying two boxes, a little more fervency in that. If I were to walk carrying three boxes, a little more fervency. If I were to walk carrying four boxes, we'd be going to the hospital, but not for the baby. But did you see what determined my level of fervency? The level of burden I carried. You know why we don't pray fervently anymore? Because we don't have a burden. The church has lost her burden. The church has lost her burden. I'm going to ask us a question tonight. This is one the Holy Spirit used to kind of smoke my heart. Why do we have to wait for things to get bad for us to get burdened? You know, you think about it in a physical sense. Why do we have to get the doctor's report that we're, we're, we're about to die before we get serious about whether or not we're going to shove another Baconator down our gullet? I mean, in all sincerity. We don't think about it for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Oh no, when we get this burden all of a sudden. I wonder if we could save ourselves from of the bad if we simply got burdened beforehand. In other words, what if I didn't wait for my kids to walk away from the church before I got burdened for them? Some of us got kids and grandkids right now that we have, we have influence over. And what if we got burdened right now for them, for their future, for them to know God and love God and serve God, for them to find the right man or the right woman and, and to grow up and have a family? What if we got burdened now before it got bad? I, I wonder what bad we could save ourselves. I, I wonder who might get saved if we got burdened. Before the deathbed. Why do things have to get bad before we get burdened? Church, we've lost our burden. I mean, we're happy to pray. But church, where, where has our burden gone? We don't reap in joy because we don't sow in tears. 
What has happened to our burden? We have lost our burden. Even in churches like this, we have lost our burden and we are content to exist comfortably. Church, there are some bad things that we need to help carry the burden for. But man, I wonder what would happen if some of us just decided to get a burden before it got bad. I wonder what God would do. Because God will hear fervent people. And the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The type of people God will hear. Number one, God will hear a forgiven people. Say it with me. God will will hear a forgiven people. Number two, God will hear a faithful people. Number three, God will hear a fervent people. Now the last two points are kind of like my conclusion, but I made them as points, so you got five points tonight, so it's wonderful. Um, but uh, we're going to look at verse number 17 and then 17 and 18 to draw uh, these last two points, because James is going to take this, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, and he's going to give us an illustration of what that looks like from the scriptures. Verse number 17 says, Elias, this is Elijah from the Old Testament, was a man subject to like passions as we are, And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. So God will hear a forgiven people. God will hear a faithful people. God will hear a fervent people. I got good news tonight. Number four, God will hear flawed people. Hallelujah to that. Amen. God will hear flawed people. I love that. Elijah was a man before anything else. He was a man subject to like passions as we are. In other words, Elijah was a man like us. He was similarly affected with the things that you and I are affected by. He was not a spiritual superhero. He suffered the same spiritual swings. You read the life of Elijah. He would go way high, and then he would go way low. And sometimes here and sometimes there, he suffered from uh, 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 discouragement and depression. He struggled. He sinned. Elijah was a man like us. God hears flawed people. You know, one of the verses that's been a great encouragement to me over the years is Psalm 103 and verse number 14. Simply that God, he knoweth our frame. He remembereth that we are dust. I was, I was going over uh, John chapter 11 today with, with one of our church members and we were, we were working through it in my office. And, and we marveled at how Jesus responded to both Mary and Martha. So I picture Mary. Mary, as soon as she heard that Jesus was come to, 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 to Lazarus, of course, Lazarus had been dead. He did not come when they called. She immediately, the Bible says, immediately when she heard, she went out to him. And I can picture, in my mind, Martha, she, her finger goes like this. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Later on, we find Mary, when she's called to the master, the Bible says that she came and she bowed down at his feet. And she said the same thing. Lord, if you'd been here, my brother had not died. You know what I love? Jesus, when Martha wagged her finger, and Mary, when she didn't come at first but later bowed down, the Lord treated both ladies with sympathy and compassion. He was gentle and kind and loving with them both. He remembers our frame. He he knows that we are dust. God hears flawed people. 
Don't ever let where you are or where you have been determine where you're going to go with your need. The devil will tell you you are not worthy. The blood of Jesus has made you worthy. The Spirit of God grants you standing. And you know what? Come to think of it, Elijah didn't have either of those like we do. So we're set up better than he ever was. Hey church, isn't it encouraging to know God hears flawed people? So who's that person God will hear? He'll hear the, number one, the forgiven people. Number two, the faithful people. Number three, the fervent people. Number four, the flawed people. Number five, verses 17 and 18, the Bible says, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as, are, as we are, and, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not upon the earth by the space of three years and six months. Verse 18, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. A forgiven people, a faithful people, a fervent people, a flawed people. But lastly tonight, a focused people. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Then he prayed that it would rain, and it did. A couple of thoughts as we round out the study tonight. Number one, pray specific. Pray specific. Elijah said, O King Ahab, it's not going to rain, but by my word, and it didn't. Elijah, he didn't ask that God would simply bring judgment. He didn't ask that, that God would deal in a certain he, he He prayed specifically that it would not rain. Pray specific. God answers specific prayers. Let me ask you, what do you need? Let me ask you, what's your soul burden for? Can I ask you, who is your soul burden for? Oh, it's easy to pray so generally. Lord, bless the missionaries. Lord, give them many open doors. It's not bad. But church, pray specific. Go get you a missionary. Make a copy of their prayer letter. Call their name out to the throne of heaven. Look at the specific needs that they write about in their prayer letter and pray for those needs. Pray for that city. Pray for those names. Pray specific. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that you'd, you'd help me. Pray specific. Where do you need help? Hey, God, I need wisdom to be a good daddy. God, I need wisdom to be a good spouse. God, I need wisdom to be a good pastor. God, I need wisdom. Pray specific. Who are you burden for? You know, there was a day not too long ago when we'd have a prayer meeting and names would be called out. Names would be mentioned. We need to pray for so-and-so. They're away from the Lord. They're not right with the Lord. We need to pray for so-and-so. They're not saved. Well, now... You know, we, we don't want to mention names and we don't want to do church. Maybe, maybe we don't see specific answers because we're not offering specific prayers. Pray specific. God doesn't need you to shield him by offering him a general prayer so you got a way out. Well, God didn't answer, but da-da-da. Pray specific. Pray specific. Let me give you one other thought tonight of a focused people. Pray scripture. I love this. Where did, the, where did Elijah get this idea that he would pray that it would not rain? You know where he got that idea? I believe he got that idea from the Bible. 
Because in Deuteronomy chapter 28, beginning in verse 23, we see that God told the people that if the people abandoned God, if the people forsook God, that thy heaven that is over thy head, the sky, shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron, and the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust, and heaven, and from heaven it shall come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. So one of the judgments that God laid out for, for his people, if they forsook him for other gods, is that God would shut the spout off. No more rain. So what did Elijah do? Elijah simply prayed that God would do as he said. We want to be a people that God will hear. Why don't we pray the Bible? You know how Elijah got the idea that, that God might turn the water back on? In verse number 12 of that same chapter, he said this, the Lord shall, this is about the people who would obey him. The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure and the heaven to give the rain unto thy land in its season. You see, the rain was that blessing that could come from, an, uh, come from obedience of his people. Church, what if we prayed scripture and scriptural principles and promises? What if we spent more time praying for specific souls to be saved? We could say, Lord, I know in your word, according to 2 Peter chapter 3, that you're not willing that any should perish. Lord, I know that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, so Lord, I pray for fill in the blank. Why don't we pray scripture? Pray for specific souls to be saved. Why don't we pray for, as I mentioned earlier, pray for wisdom? Do we know that God wants us to pray for wisdom? Yes, we do. James 1 and verse number 5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him do what? Ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Pray for peace that passes understanding. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. By the way, it's hard to be in depression and thanksgiving at the same time. Let your, peace, let your request be made known unto God. And what happens when we do this? The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Pray for open doors for ministry. Why? Because Jesus said, go. Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19. Go, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Pray for boldness to share. Pray for more laborers. Jesus said, pray the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. Hey, wouldn't it be awesome if God raised up out of this congregation some preachers and some missionaries and some Sunday school teachers? Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, what do you think we should do? Maybe pray. Maybe pray. God, would you maybe call a young man out of our youth group to preach the gospel? God, would you maybe call a young man, young woman out of our youth group to carry the gospel maybe to a foreign country where they've never heard. Jesus said, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. It seems kind of silly if it's something we want and it's something God has told us to pray for and yet we don't. Pray scripture. Pray that God would send laborers into his harvest. Pray for church growth both in quantity and in quality. Pray for our kids as we seek to raise godly kids in the, the, the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Pray Scripture. You know, when we pray according to His Word, it tends to answer the question of whether or not we're praying according to His will. Our 
Also, when we pray his word, it tends to keep us spiritual. I know Aunt Sandy's ingrown toenail is bad. And I think it's fine that it's on the prayer list. But let's be honest, we oftentimes in Christian circles, we spend more time praying trying to keep Christians out of heaven than we do praying trying to keep sinners out of hell. Lord, heal this person. Lord, heal this. Lord, do this. We've got this sickness. There's been this accident. All of that is fine. But I'm going to tell you, our priorities are off when we spend more time praying to keep Christians out of heaven than we do praying trying to keep sinners out of hell. But when we pray scripture, what happens? It tends to keep us spiritual. Church, we should go to God about everything because we need God to do anything. And our spiritual life will never grow beyond our prayer life. I want to be a man that God will hear. I want, to, I want you to be a woman that God will hear. I was about to say, I want to be a woman God will hear, but I don't. So, I want us as a church to be a people God will hear. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want to see some of that availing power in our day. Don't you? And let's make sure we're a forgiven people, a faithful people, a fervent people. Rejoice that God still hears flawed people and that we're a focused people. We sang it earlier, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The invitation tonight is simple as our musician is coming.